Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language, and with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from untamable umber hulks to unfathomable undead. That's today, right, Will. And today we're talking about Beholders. So I'm going to begin this episode the way I begin every episode and say, uh, all right, Brian, what do you know about Beholders? This is what I know about Beholders. Yes, it is on the cover of the Monster Manual. Yes. Because it is such an iconic monster. Um, and sometimes when I'm going to look at other monsters, I see it. Okay, so so nothing. <laughs> you know nothing about the Beholder. Yep. Okay. It's got lots of eyes. It does. as a total of 11 eyes on average. Most of the um, things I see standing in front of it look Terrified? Pretty, pretty fucked up, yeah. Yeah, okay, because the Beholder's fucking terrifying. <laughs> the Beholder's unlike any other monster that we've talked about at all, even in non-monster episodes. Like, there's no monster we've touched on that is as scary or crazy as the Beholder. But we did a Dragons episode. We did. We did do a Dragons episode, and I would argue that Beholders are much scarier than Dragons. But it's um, called Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, I, I understand that, Brian, but... Some we say things, it at the beginning of every there, episode. <laughs> there are some things in this in this game that are much scarier than Dragons, although I do like Dragons more. Uh, I will explain to you why Beholders are so much more scary, but before I do that, let's describe to viewers what a Beholder actually looks like and is. Beholders are... Spherical in shape. Spherical in shape. They're like uh, fleshy orb-like creatures that levitate, and they are uh, usually 
defined by having one giant uh, uh, centered eyeball with a gaping mouth uh, with sharp teeth, and their orbular structure is crowned with uh, ten tentacles or eye stalks, each with uh, a large eye in the end. So it's specifically ten. For is beholders, that... it is specifically ten. Okay. And there are other kinds of beholder kin that have have different numbered uh, eye uh, eye stalks or no eye stalks, and there, there's a whole gaggle of beholder-like monsters. They're not family, though. Like, <laughs> oh, it's beholders are bizarre, and you're gonna hear a bunch of bizarre shit on this episode. So, so their teeth are like that. What's that? Their teeth are sharp. That usually. deep sea creature with that one tentacle. Oh, the, that, uh, the... An, like an anglerfish. An anglerfish. Yes, that's it's com- is a common depiction. So literally, the the descriptors that I just listed off are the only things about or the only physical descriptors that are universal among beholders. Because one of the things about beholders is that each beholder is 100 percent unique. Some of them have like a chitinous kind of armor skin. Some of them have a leather skin. Some of them have scaly skin. Sometimes some of their eyes are like lower. Some of their eyes are smaller. Like they vary wildly. Okay, and so let each me. Each one is unique as fuck. So let me get into where, where, not where does the beholder come from just yet? Because I'm okay. sure that's coming. But yeah. are we talking about like one beholder per dimension or world? Or no. are we talking about. The, no, no. Beholders are, they are technically a race. They do not breed. Um, so there's like a set amount of beholders. No. Okay. So, okay. Well, I didn't want to get into this yet, but you know, we might as well get into it now. Beholders are incredibly powerful inherently. And they're uh, the only monster that I know of that literally has mental abilities so powerful that they literally can shape reality among, uh, around them. And okay. this, this expresses itself in a few ways, but the most defining way is that this is how um, beholders reproduce, is that in their sleep, some beholders are very self-obsessed, and sometimes they will dream about themselves. And sometimes they will okay. do this so strongly that it literally conjures into existence an identical or very similar beholder. Oh, shit, if, like the dream-warped version of themselves. Yes, except for sometimes it's identical, or it could be wildly different depending on... <laughs> it depends on what they were thinking about in their dreams. Like, for example, if a beholder is worried about one's own mortality, um, rather than conjuring another beholder uh, in its vicinity, it will actually transform itself into basically the equivalent of a lich beholder called an eye tyrant. That's on like or the, a death tyrant or something yeah like death that. tyrant death right because that's yeah. on the next page like there's yes. there's a twofold Which, and one of them is the beholder yeah. and one of them so, is that so and we'll get into that we'll get into the the death tyrant and we'll get into oh, the various amount of beholders um, but generally speaking the way they reproduce is a beholder will dream very much about itself and it will conjure almost a mirror image or or maybe slightly different so but, it won't do that when it's awake. It, it won't because it's involuntary. A beholder does not want to make another one, another beholder. Beholders fucking hate each other. Oh, because okay. they're they're very self absorbed. Self absorbed. So that's okay. something like uh, parallel to dragons. Uh yes. Okay. So let's. We're now going to rewind because we're we're getting towards topics I want to talk about later. Okay. But let's get to back to the beginning, and I want to start with what they share with dragons. So you remember when we were talking about dragons? How we took all these like horrible personality traits and we dialed them to 11 yeah so let's very seven sins ish yes let's take a step back recalibrate and consider dragons our baseline for zero now dial it to 11 again you're gonna have the personality traits of a fucking beholder beholders are hateful they are incredibly xenophobic they are megalomaniacs and prideful to such an extreme amount it's it's 
It's insane, and they are, in fact, very crazy. They're insane oh, creatures. I, I, yeah, I kind of figured them to be like semi mindless, just because of their like their they artistic are depictions and stuff. Highly, they are genius level intellect constantly. They are, but super they're super intelligent. But they they suffer madness. Their madness comes from um, they are super paranoid. Okay, um, and they are so self obsessed that like it's it, you would consider it madness. But it's not it's so not like, madness that usually um, inhibits them. It, if anything, it's madness that makes them way more dangerous because they're so paranoid and self-obsessed that like they have literally thought of every scenario possible to take them out because they're constantly worried about basically in a beholder's mind, the whole world's out to get them. And, like, anything that happens is because of them. Like, if adventurers wander into their lair, it's because someone's trying to get him assass- him or her assassinated. If, like, there's some weird ruckus in a kingdom 200 miles away and, like, it causes a regime fall, it's because someone is plotting something that's going to lead to the death of the Beholder. Holy and, shit. Yeah, Beholders are that And they can, crazy. like, mentally string together that chain of events. Exactly. They're, like, master chess players on crack. And so, basically, there's almost no scenario that players will be able to come up with to that the Beholder won't be literally ready for. It could be, like, we plan on coming into the Beholder. We plan on teleporting into the heart of the Beholder's lair on the backs of dinosaurs carrying laser pistols. And I guarantee you the Beholder has a plan for that. <laughs> like, that's the level of crazy yeah, these you, Beholders you are. Come out of the, you come out of, like, the portal that you, like, jumped in there to. Yeah. And you just, like, fall right in its mouth. Yeah, it was ready. It was like, it was ready. Oh, now. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no, so, no, no. so they're, uh, they're xenophobic, megalomaniacs. Do their eye stocks uh, like turn to like look at itself a lot since it loves I am, itself? I imagine so, but since we're talking about like vision, they, they have a 360 degree vision. You cannot sneak up on a beholder, and it's dark vision. They're incredibly highly perceptive. Of course it's dark vision, Will. Yeah, they do tend to live. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's fifth edition. Everything yeah, has dark everything vision. Yeah, everything has dark, yeah. dark vision. They, they live, they tend to be found deep underground um, in the underdark. Um, but let's also talk about their powers because they are inherently magical as fuck. So um, each of their eye stalks has a different laser beam that comes out of it and there are 10 different beams that can come out of these eye stalks fuck yeah i'm gonna try and remember them off memory without looking at my list which i think i've made i'm not even looking at my notes now um there's a cold beam a fire beam uh a paralyzed beam a charm beam um a petrify beam there's a death beam a disintegration beam um uh, a telekinetic beam. Um, Say poison there's beam. More, there's no poison beam. What? Uh, they don't fucking need no poison beam, bro. <laughs> well, what there the might f- be yeah. a fear beam. <laughs> okay, I'm going to now look. Where are my notes? I wrote it down. Uh, fear and, and veneration, which I think is just like a force wave. Oh, okay. oh they have a sleep a sleep beam here. Let's see. So let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it off. Charm, paralyzed, fear, slow, and veneration, telekinetic sleep, petrification, disintegration, and death. Okay, so not all beholders have a cold and fire beam. There are v- versions of them that do. Holy shit. Yes. So here's, here's how some of these beams work. Okay, I want to talk about the disintegration and the death beam because it used to be back in the day, if you got hit by that, you died. It's save or die. There yeah, is nothing it's, else. It's called the death it's beam. It's called the death beam. Uh, same with the disintegration beam. The way it works now Wait, is, is it death beam and disintegration beam on this list right now? Two, two, yeah, they're two different beams. 
Continue. Okay. <laughs> so in uh, so nowadays, so uh, let's say Beholder fires off a, a death beam at you. It does an obscene amount of necrotic damage. Okay. And if it drops you to zero, instant death. Yeah, no saving. No saving. Okay. Instant death. If it drops you to zero specifically. Um, the exact It works the exact same way with disintegration beam where it's an obscene amount of damage. And if it drops you to zero, not only are you dead, you're a pile of ash now. Like yeah, there's exist. no like, there's no like body recovery. Yeah, there ain't no resurrecting spell. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's just two of its beams. On top of it, it can bite you, and then it has one more. <laughs> and yeah, also it can bite you. Well, it can't fucking but, kick you. Yeah, <laughs> which okay, so the bite does come into play. You like you think it wouldn't because of all these eye beams, but the reason that the bite will come into play inevitably is because they have one more eye power from their main eye, and it is an anti magic cone. And literally, oh, oh yeah. Also, any, by any, the way, yeah, yeah. No, they don't fuck around. Probably Everything most effective means of fighting me at range is all magic nah, shuts down. Magic items, cleric magic, uh, wizard magic, spells don't work. Nothing magical works within their cone of sight. Super nerf. Yeah, it is ridiculous. They are <laughs> fucking terrifying. Can you imagine like you have like jumping boots or something that are mm-hmm. magical and you like jump, you you start your jump and then you enter the cone. Yeah. And then yeah. you just fucking fall. It's exactly what would happen. <laughs> cool. So um, on top of all that. It would be like idiot. Death beam. <laughs> yeah. Death beam done. Uh, on top, so on top of all that, they have legendary actions because they're a legendary creature. Yeah, okay. Um, which I think their legendary action is just three random beams go off, like from its eyes. From its eye stalks, just three random beam beams. So uh, I was afraid you were going to be like, this thing's got eleven turns. because no. it's got ten eye stalks. Oh my god! Can you imagine that'd be a nightmare? But well, it basically does though because it's yeah. got legendary actions like it, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's three beams go off at random. Plus, on its turn, I think it can be do three beams. So, so you'd, well, you'd roll, you'd roll your d10 to make them go off. That's how something. I would do it. Yeah. Um, okay. So on top of legendary actions, uh, much like a dragon, they have. Uh, layers that they live in and in their layers um they get layer actions if you're attacking them there which probably deep deep in the underdark right yeah well usually sometimes sometimes not so deep in the underdark sometimes they live in other places but this is where their reality bending kind of comes into play so as remember i told you when they drain they do all kinds of weird shit well in um while you're fighting them in their lair they um like tentacles will come out of the walls and just grab you or like random holes will appear and just all kinds of random like reality that's, bending that's shit. Fine. Yeah. So, you know, word of advice, don't fucking fight a beholder. Like, <laughs> I've never had to fight one as a player and I've never actually pitted one against my players because it's so fucking terrifying. I'm like, yeah, this I don't is really a, got a place for this. This right is now. like a level 15 plus endeavor, I would imagine. Probably like like I don't want to say level 20 because I've never been level 20 or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's it's up there. It's got to. Yeah. Be. No, it's it's high level shit. Well, like how how do you pit like. How many players would you... What's the challenge rating of this thing, basically? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know, but it's got to be 15 or higher, I How many? What If you were to set up a combat with a Beholder, how many players would you put up against it, and what level would you expect them to be? Um, Considering I, they had like good, good team composition. I guess I, I would want it to be a five-part deep party. And yeah, okay. Probably at least level 12 to 14, at least. At the minimum, I okay. think. I don't know. I'd have to look at it. Like that sounds it, low you know. to me. And, and, but that's the thing when you got five level thirteen. Yeah, that's, like, five, that's pretty brutal. Five but, people but, is a lot. Uh, who's to say? So the Beholder is actually uh, a D and D original. It's not a monster based off any type of mythos or any type of history or any type of, of yeah. Mythology. Like first glance, you'd think it'd be like a Lovecraft kind of import. It is, but it wasn't always. And, okay, uh, but it is definitely developed into that, and because of uh, the Far Realm, which were 
we'll talk to about right after this. The person who invented the Beholder, his name was Rob Kuntz, and he was a player at the inventor of D&D, Gary Gygax's table. He was he was an avid player, and he invented the, the monster. Cool. And it was just supposed to be like a scary monster with obscene powers that yeah, you let me could draw randomly some, fight in a dungeon. Let me draw some bullshit. Yeah. Scared now. But <laughs> as things developed over time in D&D, people want more juicy lore. They want that fluff. And uh, so they started to write it slowly over the course of edition to edition. Nice. And... Um, there are basically two origins that I know about when it comes to beholders, and the first is, uh, from my experience in 4th edition, is the outside of the planes of existence, of the positive and negative realms, the abyss, and all that, there is um, something beyond, and it is something beyond physics, beyond understanding. It is a place that, like, if you were to end up there, like, you wouldn't be able to exist there. And, like, your mind right. wouldn't function or understand what it's seeing. It is a place called the Far Realm, and it is very uh, Elder God-esque. It's very Lovecraftian. It's it's uh, of the fifth and sixth dimension. It yeah, is. I'm more familiar with it from the Dark Tower, mm-hmm. and there's, it's, I think they call it the Primordial Soup, where, like, right. life rose out of this nasty, but darkness it's beyond darkness it's it's it will drive you mad if you see creatures from there like with your own eyes yeah things okay like that. so very similar yeah. and and things that come from the far realm are called aberrations and they are usually insane and usually super alien much like the beholder another origin i have seen and i also like is that all beholders are children of uh, a deity level being called uh the great mother and the Great Mother, as far as I've read, is a sentient labyrinth that is infinite, infinite and insane. Okay. And she birthed the beholders. So and sent them into the world. So like a living a living maze. Mm-hmm. Just like Right. Just spit them out. And I just uh Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so yeah, um, those are the two origins I know about, and anything that comes from either this Great Mother or the Far Realm is fucking scary, fucking alien, and ununderstandable. Yeah, man. So, there are different um, iterations of the Beholder, depending on like which campaign setting you're playing in. Uh, Forgotten Realms is pretty standard. It's much just like vanilla D&D. Um, Spelljammer is kind of an interesting uh, campaign setting. We haven't really talked about it here on this podcast, mostly because I only know so much about it. But I've heard of it, basically, but it's not something I'm familiar with Basically, either. Spelljammer is like kind of space travel, but not exactly. Basically, it's like interplanar travel on these weird magical ships that like sail across these astral seas, if you will. Cool. And like each plane is um, contained within like this crazy crystal orb. And you can travel through these orbs if you have, I think, a spell jammer, which is like an object. It's like an engine that a wizard can operate or something like that. Nice. Okay. But in spell jammer, uh, there are like these intergalactic species from what you would excuse me, consider the far realm. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, it'd be things like illithids, like mind flayers or aboliths, I guess. Um, but there are beholders. And beholders are very powerful in Spelljammer. Probably as powerful, if not more powerful, than what I've already described. But they are constantly in intergalactic, interracial species war with each other. That's fun. And it is basically said that they are the most powerful beings in the world. And if they ever stop fighting, the world's fucked. But Oh, because they're going to like not fight each other you yeah. mean, and fight whatever else is. Because yeah. I was going to ask you, like, okay, so the, this, this creature, the beholder, is mm-hmm. just like... Chilling? 
That doesn't seem no, like... No, no. Okay, yeah. But yeah, there's got to be something to keep it busy, spend their right? lives trying to dominate everything around them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They like, hate so... everything. They just... They're so full of hate. Like, they hate, hate, hate. Yeah, and, so uh, if you have a campaign setting with a beholder existing mm-hmm. in it, like, it doesn't make sense unless it's something's keeping it busy, right? Yes, and... They, well, they're usually keeping themselves busy in their insanity, but oftentimes they are plotting or are are uh, in the middle of... Uh, they're undertaking of plans to, like conquer entire civilizations in secret and oftentimes there are beholders that are running entire cities from like the underdark uh those types of beholders you call um they're not solitary beholders there's like three types of regular beholders one is solitary beholders and they're the ones that keep completely to themselves and hate everything okay i get it okay i can see it because they're so paranoid they're gonna like move the pieces around to like mm-hmm. ha- make it happen externally from them, yes. basically, without putting themselves at any risk. Right. Okay. So the one, the, these, these ones are called eye tyrants. That's what they're called, and they have managed to keep their paranoia in check. Okay. It's not gone, and sometimes it'll come back, and it'll come back in waves. But for the most part, they got that under control, and they will deal with other species. They will never deal with other beholders, but they will deal with other species in a tyrannical kind of way. Like, I own you. You do what I say. But they consider any type of disobedience or failure like death. You're oh, done. yeah. You're death done. beam. Yeah. Death. Boom. Done. Um, there is uh, probably the most famous beholder that I can think of that like is an eye tyrant is there is a beholder. I think his name is Xanathar, and he runs a thieves guild in a Forgotten Realm city. I think it's Baldur's Gate, but I don't know. <laughs> my name's Xanatar, and I run a Thieves Guild. Yeah, and well, the thing is, he, he runs it in a secret, and no one really knows who Xanathar is. They just know that he's existed for a very long time. Maybe he's an elf. Maybe he's a powerful archmage. But really, he's a beholder. <laughs> cool. And he's, been, and he's not... It's like an open secret, so his... Uh, everyone who's, like, reasonably involved with the guild knows. But, like, yeah. any, like, outside vendors that they're hiring to do stuff, uh, they don't know. Or yeah, the general public guild. doesn't know. Yeah. And uh, what... Also isn't known, even by the members of the Thieves Guild, is that Xanathar is not the first. Like, he has he has birthed himself. And, okay, remember how I said that beholders in their dreams will sometimes dream them like a copy of themselves? Yeah, just dupe it out. Well, those two will fight to the death, and then whoever's left <laughs> takes over. But the thing is, they both think they are Xanathar, and they both think the other is the imperfect Copy. And they have the same memories yeah. or whatever. Like and they the might prestige. as well be. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. The, the one that. So would it birth something that's like asleep? Because I feel like if you like are sleeping and you birth your 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 equal mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It's just going to fucking death beam you right there. Or if it's whatever. awake, I suppose. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Like uh, sometimes beholders, when they dream another beholder into existence, uh, it happens anywhere within a mile radius. So they might not be close enough to end up seeing each other and fighting to the death. And the one that was birthed just carries on as if he always was. Holy shit. Well, okay. Yeah. This is a new this is a new segment we're going to do in the show called <laughs> Fantasy Physics. Okay. Where uh what will tell tell me welcome to Fantasy Physics everybody. Hello. Hello. Um my name is Brian. That's okay. will, that's Will. And um this is news for me too, guys. Yeah, so. will, will what would happen <laughs> if what would happen if two beholders uh shot death beams at each other and they collided? I imagine the universe would end, Brian. No, I don't know. I actually oh. have no idea. No, that was not a serious answer. Um, like, if they both shot death beams at each other and collided, oh, you mean if the death beams cross? Yeah, if the death beams, you never just... cross the beams, right? So I don't know. Like never, never cross, Ghostbusters never logic, cross you never cross streams. <laughs> so fuck if I know. Yeah, maybe the universe would end, Brian. I don't know. I have no idea. And this has been the first edition of Fantasy Physics on the Dungeon Cast. Thanks, <laughs> I, I, thanks everybody. I, I hope it was helpful. And with that, we're going to take ourselves a short rest. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I need some water. <laughs>
selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, and welcome to the part of the show where we don't talk about scary shit. We just talk <laughs> about you. Thank you guys for watching the show. Yes, we really appreciate all the support and all the listens and all the reviews and all the comments. Thank you guys so very much. Um, it's we, a good mouthfeel. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, we love doing it, and we're going to continue doing it, and we hope you continue to love it. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming along <laughs> on this ride with us, this incredible journey of podcasting. Indeed. Um, and if you like the show and want to show your sport, all you got to do is uh, tell your friends about it. And in fact, uh, just to, to, to sweeten that, that deal of not just our awesome, awesome content... Uh, for spreading the word, if you spread it on Twitter, we are running a contest where we are giving away three custom Hero Forge miniatures. That's right. And so on July 4th, or probably July 3rd, eh, July 4th, on July 4th, I will basically pull from the list of people who tweeted out a link to our show with the hashtag DungeonCast between uh, the original date of us announcing this and, and the 4th. And we will pull three random names, and those three winners will win a Hero Forge custom miniature. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely doing it. Well, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to do it, Brian. Sorry, that's probably fine. Yeah, yeah, it's only fair. So. Well, um, should we? So, do we got anything else to, um, to give this this bump? Other than that, uh, you can find us on YouTube if you search the Dungeon Cast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Dungeon Cast. You can email us questions uh, at um, thedungeoncast at gmail dot com, 
And oh yeah, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, and I haven't really been saying this in the bumps, but mm-hmm. I should be because I, I edit the show, and I'm right now I'm editing in a banner that has a question of the episode on it that Will puts together for us. <laughs> so if you guys want to comment down below on whatever medium you're listening, you're listening or watching us on, that would be super cool. It's uh, um, spark some conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to know what your thoughts are. Um, I don't know what this episode is, but maybe we should uh, uh, have that ready in the future. Yeah, we we should. <laughs> but also, speaking of questions and people emailing us with questions, by all means, please do. We actually have a question that we're going to answer in this episode, probably more towards the end of the episode. But uh, shout out to uh, Jack for sending us a question via via our email. And uh, hey, Jack, we're going to answer your question at the end of this episode. Yeah, so, thanks, uh, Jack. We really appreciate that. If anybody else wants to hit, hit us up, um, <clears throat> we're, we we can answer questions. Yeah, well, I'd love to answer questions. <laughs> Um, get our podcast on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast or anywhere you can get podcasts. If you're using that iPhone, if you're using that podcast app, uh, please uh, leave us a rating and leave some feedback on there. We really appreciate that. All righty. I think we're done. I think we can get back to talking about the beholder. The beholder. Let's go back to the show. up and running so i think we should be not too terrified to delve deeper into the subject i never scared okay all right so uh a major thing i want to talk about when it comes to beholders is like their egomania which is probably the most defining personality trait about them Uh, much like the dragon they think that uh the beholder is the ultimate being in the universe and specifically them as the beholder. Specifically them. I am the greatest being yes, in the universe. They are the ultimate being and all other things must be subjugated. Like period and a story. There is like just no reasoning with it. It's Yeah, like, it's just like, hey, do you have a death beam? I yeah. didn't fucking think so. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> and uh, they consider they literally consider all other beholders abominations. Like genetically inferior biological abominations like they and they are fucking hateful they will not tolerate another beholder's presence except for one circumstance which is sometimes when the beholder dreams another beholder into reality it dreams it was a sex dream it was it was maybe a bit of a happier dream than no i don't know but they they can sometimes give birth to what is called a beholder queen or a hive queen and this beholder has an added on bonus power on top of it all where they can literally uh, subjugate other beholders under their thrall. Why? And they form these beholder nests. Why? I don't know. I would imagine that um, it's a beholder who dream who has so much hate for all the other beholders that it wishes it could just fucking dominate them and thus transforms itself into a hive queen, which I'm then a- can do so. I'm mostly just in denial. Oh. Yeah. What do you need that for? You, because they're fucking... Because Beholder Army, that's why. Yeah, because Beholder <laughs> Army, that's why. And they're Sick. fucking scary. That's a really cool plot thing. Yeah, that that, that actually is. That'd be really We have cool. to get to the queen. <laughs> God, I can't fucking imagine. Ah, death beam. So many Beholders. <laughs> ah, okay. This, they, they told you not to cross the street. So many death beams. <laughs> um... So let's talk about a little bit about where they do live because they do tend to live in the underdark. Sometimes they live in like sewerways. They, they they tend to like to live in remote places where other people can bug them because they hate everybody. Yeah, that's fitting. Um, but more most commonly they are in the underdark, and the way that they their layers are set up is actually really fascinating to me because it's not uh, intuitive to any other layer building of any other monster. It's because they levitate. They don't build their uh, their their homes like in a horizontal pattern. They have ups and downs. Like they'll have a room and then a passage, which is just a hole in the ceiling that they float up, and then there's another room. 
So picture like this 3D grid that's yeah. super hard to traverse because you're not a fucking beholder. Like the Death Star if it didn't have like floors. Exactly. There we go. I like that. Yes, very much so. <laughs> a beholder would love the Death Star. It'd be like, I love this place. So, so yes. I just prop myself in like the satellite opening and I'm the, I fire the beam. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's a death beam. So they have these bizarre layer setups and the way they actually build these things is with their disintegration. I mean, they just... And, and that makes sense. Whole passages, bam, done. And because of because of <laughs> this, this, this passage will be also cold. Yeah, there you cold go. beam. There, well, okay. So there are the types of beholders that have the cold and fire beams. I believe are literally called uh, eyes of flame or eye of flames and eye of cold, eye of ice. That, that's what they're called. That's the kind of beholders. I'm, they get, are. I'm getting what you're. Yeah, what you're they're slinging. basically like a frost beholder or a fire beholder, and yeah, you get it. So moving on, they are also uh, some consider them to be terraformers of the underdark like the underdark wouldn't exist if they weren't there constantly that's some good mythos i thought that was really cool yeah i'm just gonna make this shit and then i'm gonna just pick this spot yeah burrow up there you go so after i read that i was like hmm okay i'm grabbing that that's that's definitely the truth of my world beholders are definitely down there building the underdark fuck inadvertently they're just doing it Man. Um, do you got any questions? I want to move on to um, a couple other things, but if you have any uh, questions, we'll answer them now. My main question now is, are you going to kill us with a beholder when it's we get possible. back to your game? If you guys make me angry <laughs> enough, it might happen. No, I Start asking NPCs' like, names. I, as a, as <laughs> or I will stick the beholder upon you. Yeah. As of right now, I have no plans for a beholder, I'll tell you that. As well, you of, just made some, it sounds like. Well, I mean, I, it's definitely like Plan Z. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like Throw a beholder at him. There we go. Uh, my, okay, so I don't, I'm sure we're going to get into the Tarrasque one day. Mm-hmm. Super cool. But mm-hmm. how do they match up against each other, the beholder and the Tarrasque? Uh, well, the Tarrasque is like... It's a fucking anomaly. Yeah, the Tarrasque is such a force of nature that'd be like, what if the planet wanted to just kill everybody? Like... Is the planet a monster? Yeah, I guess in that case. <laughs> That's much like the Tarrasque is. It's like a, a moving, it's like Godzilla. Right. It's just like you, you can't fight it. I mean, you can if you're like a bunch of level 20s that have access to the wish spell and a bunch of other bullshit, which is weird to me because I, I, I don't like the idea that like there is a, a very specific way a monster has to be killed. Like you have to do X amount of damage to it and like <laughs> get it to like yeah. fall asleep and then use a wish spell. To kill it, but then it doesn't actually die because the Tarrasque can't die. And it just burrows back into the earth to sleep for another fucking 10,000 years. I need a Superman regenerate. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the Tarrasque. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Well, well hold on. Okay. So it, it the Beholder doesn't match up. No, it just couldn't. So what about your best, like, ancient dragon? I see. Now, that would be a fight I'd be interested in seeing. Here's the thing. Okay, I think, this is just my personal opinion. If you put an ancient red dragon and a souped-up Beholder... In a room together, just pop them into existence next to each other. I think the red uh, dragon has a really good shot of walking away from this with a win. Okay. Mostly because it can get on top of this fucking beholder. It's a lot bigger than the beholder. And it can claw teeth. And I don't think the anti-magic field works on the breath. Because I think Ooh. the breath isn't considered magical. I could be wrong on that. So dragons are like inherently magical though, right? They are. Okay, fantasy physics. We're back. <laughs> okay, all right. We're back. Fantasy okay, physics. No. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay, what happens... So, like, the dragon's inherent magic in, like, a field like that. Okay, so uh, it shuts down. It, like, the dragon can't cast spells and all the, like, the elemental That's effects. That's nasty. Yeah, those, those won't work. But the breath, I believe, still works. Okay. Um, so I think in that case it would work out. But if you had an ancient red dragon and, like, a powerful beholder... 
that are plotting against each other and readying. It's it's like the Batman versus Superman thing. Oh if yeah. Batman has time to prep. He's he's probably gonna win. But if there's no prep time, he's fucked. Yeah, that's kind of like how in I the see room it. with like a fucking immovable yeah, object. Or exactly. Whatever. So that's how I see it. I see if 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 they have time to plan, the beholder's gonna fucking win. There's no fucking way that dragon that dragon will never even get within a mile radius of that beholder before it dies. Like, Fuck. yeah, that's but that's just my opinion. It could happen in many ways. I'm sure. Yeah. Who knows how it would go down? It's yeah. up to you, DM. Yeah. So sometimes uh, beholders are so crazy that they literally have split minds. Like two active genius intellect minds that hate each other. Cool. And are constantly plotting against each other. Okay. And um, they can talk to each other, but it, it's confusing. They're just crazy. They can look They're at crazy. each other. Uh, yeah, they can look at each other. <laughs> like it's, it's super confusing, and I don't even understand how it works. <laughs> but that's a thing. I read it. It's a thing. They just like super suffer um, from men- mental illness. Uh, a lot of times, yeah, they do. A lot of times, they are. Um, actively at war with uh drow or mind flayers because those are powerful uh creatures that they compete for space sh- yeah they compete for space and like um as as smart as a beholder is i i think that um numbers is an issue numbers is an issue but also mind flayers are super intelligent and they have like an elder brain that they answer to right which has like the intellect and memories of a thousand mind flayers across generations of time so who's smarter there? I don't know. I don't fucking know. So <laughs> semantics. So let's talk about the different kinds of beholders. We talked about solitary beholders, eye tyrants. Uh, we talked about uh, beholder hives and their uh, hive queens. Uh, we talked a little bit about death tyrants. And when a uh, beholder becomes a death tyrant, it basically its flesh rots away and it becomes like a floating skull. And replacing the eye stalks are like these uh, points of light that follow it and have the same powers and shit. And it. Okay, so death tyrants are fucking scary because... Um, they look... The art is scary. If a death tyrant kills you, you will resurrect as a undead thrall. Oh, fuck. And okay. unlike other undead thralls that like a necromancer or vampire or Draco Lich kind of creates and controls... Some zombies. Um, you are enthralled forever... <laughs> there's no way to unenthrall you and it takes zero effort on the death tyrant's behalf meaning that they could literally raise armies of hundreds of thousands of undead over time and have no problem controlling them all meanwhile a necromancer or draco lich has a very limited amount of concentration and magical ability yeah it takes a lot of yeah. stress on them so, to get a, like limited control yeah over death tyrants are terrifying things yeah that's fun um, there is um a beholder uh called a death kiss which is if the beholder has recently gotten to a fight uh, where it was like uh, wounded very very badly, or if it perhaps uh, got into a fight with a vampire or something blood related in their dreams, if they have too much if too strong of a dream about like blood, they might transform themselves or give birth to what's called a death kiss. Now they're smaller than normal beholders, um, and they lose their mouth, which is why they're smaller. And they're just one circular eye, and all of their eye stalks transform into these tentacles with, like, suckers at the end of them. Mm. And at the end of these tentacles are, uh, with these suckers, these suckers are how they talk, their mouths. So they have, like, ten mouths. That's nasty. And they are completely consumed with the thirst for blood. And that's all they do. That's all. They just nasty. hunt around the Underdark, sucking the blood out of everything they come across. Nasty Vampire boys. beholders, yeah. Okay. There are uh, spectators, 
which are they like to watch the blood sucking? <laughs> no, no, but uh, they're they they're, just follow this thing around. They only have four eye stalks, and they're much smaller than a beholder, and they're also not evil. They're uh, usually lawful neutral or chaotic neutral, and they can be summoned by wizards. And there's like a ritual where uh, when you summon a spectator, it is bound to uh, guard whatever room it is you summon them in for 101 years. And then it disappears. And then okay. you can summon another one. But like because of their constant solitude and being tied to a, a particular location, they usually go absolutely batshit insane just over time. Yeah, okay. Environment. Just yeah. like thinking about whatever. Yeah. yeah, they're usually like crazy. There are... Um, I'm trying to think because uh, my notes don't have any other shit on them. So uh, there are there's a I think they're called gazers and they're like little mini beholders that lack any actual intelligence or ability to speak. They're but, just like the physical magical embodiment parts like they just shoot the death beam. I and... don't know. I don't think they have the beams, but they're like little mini beholders, like maybe yay big. And they they Oof. mimic speech. Anything they hear, they'll just mimic. And they just, they're annoying little shitheads that follow the beholder around. But usually the beholder because it is a literal uh, uh, copy of itself, like in miniature form, like ends up keeping it as a pet. And they'll have these little minion gazers running about. When it gets hungry, it'll yeah. just... There, there is a version of a beholder called a goth, which ha- is... It looks like a standard beholder, I think, except for it only has six or eight eye stalks and some tendrils that fall from its chin or whatever. And around its one big eye, it's got a bunch of little eyes. And it is semi-mindless and is obsessed with devouring magical objects. Oh, and that's it hunts cool. the world just eating magic shit. That's fucking Don't dope. get in its way because it'll kill you. Yeah. yeah. And um, and there are there are even more Beholderkin, which we can get into another time. But do you have any other questions about Beholders? I just like how they're all like they could explain like uh, like deficits of magic items in your world. The, uh, the creation of the Underdark. Like, That's actually true. Yeah. Like the like they're running a they're running a city in your campaign and nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like you're like, oh, there's just a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Holy crap. So, so they are are they more or less involved than dragons and like the meddlings of um, uh, I very world plane. to world. Um it's hard to say because both both dragons and beholders like to keep them fucked selves. I hate everybody. Think they're the best thing on earth. Yeah, um, it seems like you got a lot of these big like depending on your the way you're going to run your campaign. But if you want to just like import the monster manual into your setting, you're going to have a lot of things that act this way competing for the same prizes and stuff like right. that. That's true. So they, they like eventually they might get any like I can imagine dragons getting in each other's way. Oh yeah, it happens. Yeah. yeah. So like why not like the other creatures like the beholder and stuff and like well. Yeah, beholders are often warring amongst themselves. How involved they're getting in the in like the lives of like mortals and civilization. I think it's fairly limited, mostly because they're too busy either being crazy solitary. Yeah, they're keeping themselves busy in and their like brain. Holding themselves up. Yeah. Or warring with each other or in the underdark warring with the drow or or whatever. Um, but I mean, wouldn't that be a cool concept if the beholders like, like decided to call a fucking truce with each other and like after they've conquered the world, then they'll go to war. Like, so you just have like literally thousands of beholders coming from the underdark and they're here to take over. That'd be crazy. Look, we're all worried. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's just handle it. And then we can worry about less. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So that'd be terrifying. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have no more questions, I would like to answer, um, our our listeners' question, uh, Jack. Yeah, we're because we're gonna have uh, other 
like how we're going to do more dragon episodes. We're going to do oh yeah, more we're, yeah, we're definitely going to have more beholder episodes. I want to do a beholder episode where we talk about strictly beholder kin, and we'll get into the lore of like death kisses, death tyrants, goths, gazers, spectators. It would be cool to run a one shot with like high level characters that like just build a beholder encounter, basically. That'd be cool. Like build a beholder dungeon. Yeah, because like, yes, you don't need any more story than you guys are coming in here to kill this beholder. Yeah, you, you found out about this bad shit. Yeah, I like that. That'd be fun to run. Yeah, and definitely. then you, we get some experience because I would like some experience with like some of these creatures. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I know a lot about the beholder, but have I ever fought one? No. <laughs> It'd be cool, like, because uh, like just to get that hands on, because right. you know you got to go. Probably that's the end of the campaign, most likely. Yeah, maybe. Or yeah. at least the end of a major story arc. Yeah, I mean, but likely. either way, you're, it's going to take some time. Yeah. I, I, you know, even at high levels, like you run into a beholder, it's time to fucking run because, oh. like, it, they're scary. Like oh, they're yeah. legit. They are player killers. It sounds like it. Yeah, they have a thing called Death Beam. So I don't our, know if you guys heard about the yeah, Death Beam, death, death and disintegration. So our uh, our listener Jack uh, sent in a question, and his question was, I I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to remember it uh, verbatim as best I can. Use your brain. Um, I'm going to use my brain power. Um. And he was basically saying that he was setting up an adventure for his his party where a beholder had kind of taken over a town in secret, like in the underground. And basically he was running these uh, – the entire town. They were under his, it's his thrall, the beholder's thrall. Okay. So he wanted to know what we thought about that. And he also had a question about he had a, an Is that kind of like a cult thing that we're talking about here? Um, well, it could be. Which, or is it more like a mental like I've I've hypnotized? It all could of also you. be that. Okay. Yeah. And he he wasn't specific, but I think we'll we'll approach the question from both those angles. Okay. I mean, he also had this very specific question about um, the townspeople attacking the party because they're under That's the thrall. That's a big fight. Yeah. yeah. And I I so first off, cool fucking idea. I love the idea again of beholder like taking over a town and like running it in secret and whatnot, and the players having to fucking deal with that. And uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I like the idea of it being like a thrall thing. Uh, and what it reminds me of is, is a creature called the Abolith, which does that very blatantly. Um, so if you like, if you like the idea, Jack, but you, maybe the beholder doesn't feel right to you, I would definitely look into the Abolith because it is literally, it literally does what you're talking about. But I don't see any reason why the beholder wouldn't be interested in doing that as well. Yeah, man, just plug and, it, plug it in. Yeah, absolutely. And as for the the concept of like these random commoners under the thrall of this beholder attacking the party that's actually a really cool encounter because it puts the players depending on who they are in an interesting position like are they if they are truly good players like they're not gonna want to kill no they're townsfolk. not gonna want to kill these yeah. townsfolk like especially if they sense that it's a thrall so how are they gonna get out of this i was thinking about the i was yeah. thinking about your guys the, the party yeah, I, but, I dm for yeah like, like d'artanian my character split. yeah, you yeah. Start, he would just start murdering people. you and digo would just yeah. start hacking it's and selfie too yeah it's true well, and archibald and, and, be like, no. archibald and evan yeah i don't no. Yeah. They'd be so. like, yeah, what? What are yeah. you doing? No, wait. So, so you put your party in a, in a very interesting situation, and I, I, I'd like to know how that plays out, because uh, depending on the party composition and their personalities, like, it might be a slaughter fest, or they might end up having to give up and run the fuck away. Yeah, like, approach with yeah. stealth or something. Or or come up with some super complex, creative, like, uh resolution to the to the to the situation so i think i think it's a cool idea i think we won't kill them we'll just cut off their food supply yeah they're waiting out uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so uh so i think it's a cool idea and it sounds like you think it's a cool idea oh yeah uh, absolutely um it reminds me of um in the to bring up dark tower again it's the very first book the gunslinger they they go and spoilers they he goes the gunslinger goes to a town and the town is like under the manipulation of a man he's pursuing who has told the town like, hey, um, 
the the interloper is coming. He's behind me. Okay, bye. And then they all like basically fucking attack him. No oh, shit. So he there's it's a town of like forty two people I think. It oh is. crap. And he ha- yeah he, he kills them all. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about like the numbers game here. Yeah. What if the whole town attacks the players and it's like a hundred or two hundred deep town? Like what the fuck do you do? You gotta. Yeah. I mean numbers is important. Numbers yeah. is very, very important yeah. in D&D, and that doesn't sound like a fight you're going to win. Yeah. Even if they're a bunch of weaklings and they take one hit, yeah. you don't you don't know. You also, know. also, if you do win that fight and you do kill a lot of townspeople, I mean, chances are they're not going to be able to do anything about the Beholder. And the postman like, from the next town rolls in yeah, a few hours how later. How do you explain that? How do you explain <laughs> that to the fucking king? How do you explain that to anybody who gives a shit? Like, these party, this party of adventurers just showed up and slaughtered a whole town. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. <laughs> it was like a fucking crazy episode so, of CSI. I know, right? So so I, I think it's a really CSI. cool idea, and I think the way it could go, it, it could change the course of a campaign. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, cool idea. Cool idea, Jack. I like I it. definitely want to know what happens with that. Yeah, yeah. Follow up, please. Let us know. And uh, other than that, I think I'm ready to end this episode. Like, I'm really sick of talking about uh, giant eyeballed monsters. Yeah, they don't have legs. It freaks me out. Yeah. Let's call it a game. We're going to call it a game, guys. Thank you for listening. The Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.